This is what makes men, men. We're men, right? Indeed we are, sir. Welcome to another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. This is where Zachary Small is working to keep masculinity in men, in marriages, and in all fathers. The information shared here is meant to be applied. We're changing the world one man at a time. Now, let's get into the episode with Zach Small on the Family Alpha Podcast. Welcome back to another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. I am pumped to bring on today's guest, which is Steven's story. We're going to jump right into this. Steve, what's up, brother? How you doing? Zach, what's up, man? Long time, no see. I've been on this podcast before. I'm glad to be back again. You know, we were talking before we hit record. It's been like two years since we spoke. And neither of us, yep. were, we were like, damn. You know, but to <laughs> go into a little bit about why you're here, what we're talking about, and to help my audience get to know you for those who don't. You know, we've been following each other for years now. And I've watched yep. your growth. And I watched you go from an independent insurance adjuster doing your thing, making connections to traveling around, seeing a lot of people growing, you know, personally and professionally. And then I watched you launch your campaigns where you were helping other people make money, other people find their mission and find other opportunities to sort of navigate this world where they're not just chained to a desk. And so that's what I wanted to talk about, because there are a lot of people who follow me and listen to this podcast, especially after COVID, that are looking to make a change. And I think right. that your community, I mean, you said, what, 1,800 people inside now? Yeah, it's 1,800 people inside the group, but we got another 2,700. We have 2,700 in total, but we got about 1,800 in the group. That's uh, not right. small and numbers, man. You know, no. and I was telling you before we went, you know, two other colleagues, peers of ours that we've been rolling together, kind of kicked us off roughly the similar time, is Joe Hart and Chris Johnson. Two other dudes who are just out there blowing it up and helping other people help themselves. And you're in yeah. that caliber, man, which is awesome. And so I just wanted to pick your brain and sort of, see your story and how you use social media to get to where you are now. Look, man, Zach, I can go a lot of different ways. So you're going to have to <laughs> tell me what you want and I'll tell you what, what I did. Let's start here. What brought you onto Twitter and the platform in the first place? Um, so I got onto Twitter back in 2009. I was in college. So funny story. I'm going to keep it real short. I was pledging a fraternity. And so they said, you have to run our Twitter account. You had to publicize all, our, all of our parties. You had to tweet 100 times a day every single day while I was pledging. So this is like for months, I'm tweeting 100 times a day as somebody <laughs> else. You know, I'm, 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 I'm tweeting as the fraternity's, you know, profile page or whatever. And so I finished pledging, and then I knew how Twitter worked. I knew how to get a rise out of people. I knew how to make a trending topic trend. Yep. You know, I knew how to write engaging, engaging content, not because somebody taught me, it's just that if you tweet a hundred times a day, you're going you're gonna to learn anything. So I think like the, so the first thing I would say guys is that you got to put a lot of effort into it in the beginning, right? Just like a lot, a lot of effort. And it doesn't all have to be good effort. You just have to show up. That's the first thing. And that's been like kind of like my guiding principle across Twitter um, and social media in general has been just keep showing up and put out a lot of content. You know, it's interesting because you started out, that's almost a business move. You've got to do this to earn your spot. And so it's yeah. interesting that you took that and just rolled with it. It continued to be a yeah. business. And so how did you go from, so let's say you left the fraternity page, you started mm-hmm. your own account, right. started rolling. When did you make the decision that you weren't going to just watch cat videos and, you know, troll people online, but actually do something with this to make connections? So 
let's fast forward like several years. Um, let's go and get into the, the, the nitty gritty. So in the last, I would say 2016, 2017, I come back onto Twitter after not really being on it for years. And I was reading a lot, you know? So I was like just talking about books and ideas. And so Chris Johnson, Todd, Joe, you, all of us were talking about ideas for a while. And then every once in a while, somebody would start doing something. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I had been in the insurance industry since 2008. So at that point, I had already been in the industry uh, 11 years, 10 or 11 years. And I'm like, okay, I don't really know how to make what I'm talking about cool insurance. Insurance is not cool, right? But it was it's what has been providing for me for most of my life, most of my adult life, you know? And I keep going. I'm, I'm kind of networking with people like you and a lot of bigger accounts. My account is growing because like I'm making jokes. I'm, I'm telling my opinion, my, my worldview on things. And pandemic hits. And after all these books we read, it's like this. You know, Earl Nightingale says, most men live in quiet despair. You know, and so I was like, all right, I'm not living in despair. I have a, a, a solution to a problem that we have right now, because when the pandemic hit, every, a, a lot of people lost their jobs. And I was like, OK, look, something has to give here. So I meet one of my Twitter friends in Austin, Texas, a girl named uh, Simone Bees is her name. And she had a community already. And she based around her job, which was a, being a, a defense contractor. You know, a civilian defense contractor going out to different countries and working with the defense department. And, and so she asked me, nobody ever asked me what I did for a living on Twitter. And I they didn't did, know I until literally before this episode. <laughs> yeah. People would just say, I would just say insurance. I was very vague. And she was like, what do you do? And so we're eating barbecue and I explained everything I did to her. And she's like, yo, you, you really know how to explain this really well. You should make a course. I had already kind of sold some things online before. I never really did a good, I never really profited that much. So I was like, I'm already making six figures. I don't really need this. You know, like, uh, uh, you know, at that point I was in Texas for a bit, but I was going back to Brazil. I go back to Brazil and it's like October, 2020. I'm like, you know, no, it's September, 2020. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Let's just see what happens. And so uh, I started pre-sales and my course was going for like $27 at the time. And I made $11,000 in like 20 days. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, this is it. But I hadn't made the course yet. The course wasn't done. I hadn't made 11 grand. I hadn't made the course yet. I was like, shit. I made the whole That's course. the beauty of pre-sales and pre-orders. Right? <laughs> so I called my boy. You know, Steph is dope. Steph and Grant. Yep. Yeah, so I called Steph. I said, Steph, what am I supposed to do, dog? This course is, this, like, this course is dropping in like 10 hours. And he was like, dog, I, that's what I did on my last course. Just do it. And so I sit down, bro, and I make my whole course. I put it on video and audio, and I do everything in 10 hours. All the editing, all the shooting, I do everything in that, that day, and I release it. And uh, at that point, I didn't, I didn't have a community. Um, but people kept asking me questions. And I was like, yo, I can't answer all these questions one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. Let's put all y'all in a group. And there was 20 people in a group. And everything kind of went silent. Everything goes silent for like two months. I'm like, shit. You know, I don't, I don't think this is, is it, it is maybe it's working. I don't know. You know, and I went from like the eleven thousand dollar month to a twelve hundred dollar month. And I'm only saying numbers because I want y'all to know how many people. So a bunch of people signed up. Then nobody signed up for the next six months. Okay, 
This is December 2020 to June 2021. But the first 100 people that signed up, like five people got hired. Okay, so people start getting in. Another person gets hired. Then they're like, hey, I'm a manager now. It's like in the first, that, that first six months. Yeah. Like, Damn, this is, that's insane. You know, like, and so I started sharing testimony. I started telling a story about testimonials. And then I started calling my students. And then uh, what happens? I just started talking about my, my, my community. And I started talking about these, these five or 10 people, how their lives are changing. And then it was just like a, it was like just like a downpour of people, you know? And so at that point, in my first eight months, I had maybe, 250, you know, uh, students. And out of, those, out of those 250 students, maybe 40 were inside the group, you know. And then so July 2019, uh, 2021 hits, I go to Amsterdam. And the euro is stronger than the dollar. And, guys, I don't know if I'm going all over the place. I'm just telling you all my story. And it's I good, hope man. It that's, what, that's what I – before we went, just for people to know, I don't give anybody a script. I literally said, man – they hear enough of me, Stephen. Let them hear you. Or, and so this is the story, or, dude. They want to hear your story. Or, so check this out, Zach. So anyway, you know, all good stories around money and business success also have women included. So I was seeing this girl, and I um, so she she's living in Amsterdam, this Ethiopian chick. So I go down there and I see her, and everything is super expensive. I have a job, but it's still expensive. I was like, yo, I got to make more money. I need to make more, more make more money right now. You know, so instead of flying back to the States after a week, I stay in, I stay in Amsterdam for three weeks. I was like, I'm going to figure out marketing right now. <laughs> I'm not leaving. So I, I'm in Amsterdam. I lock myself in the hotel room. I only go out to eat and come, I come straight back. I don't hang out. I don't go to, I don't go to the red light district. I don't do anything. And in that time, I figured out how to, to sell on Twitter, not from a course, not from reading a book or, or videos. It was cause and effect. What am I writing? What stories do I need to tell day in and day out? And I had a boom again. I think I picked up 150 students that month, 200 students, maybe something. It was something big, you know. I come back August. I go back, I go back to New York City. I bang it out again. I double. Uh, I didn't double that. No, actually, I did double that income. And then I come back again, and, I, and then I, and I raise my income level again for the month of August. I mean, I'm sorry, the month, month of September. And from there, it was consistent after that. Then I knew what I had to do. So I think the second principle for me, what I would like for y'all to learn is, the first one is put out a lot of content. Second is uh, learn to be ruthlessly disciplined, okay? Like like painfully disciplined. Like, like people need to be saying, this is weird. This is crazy what you're doing. And they're not saying that. People close to you aren't saying that. You're not going hard enough, you know? And, and so from there... I started hitting some big numbers. And, but what also happened after that, my students were killing it. You know, my students, so at that point, it goes from like five students, 10 students get hired to 100 getting hired. You know, then I got several managed, uh, students in management. Then I got several students buying property, investing in, 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 in vending machines and, you know, Airbnbs and, you know, all these different businesses. And then we go into uh, the last four or five months. I'm hearing I'm having four and five students saying they hit their first hundred thousand dollars in 12 months or in less than 12 months. And I was like, yo, this is what we're doing it for. And so the third thing I would say, guys, is what was my purpose behind that? I saw a need where people were struggling. All right. 
I saw smart people that had work ethic that just needed opportunity. Everybody need a break. And so I wanted to give them a break. So I gave them all the tools I knew to help them get to where they needed to go. And they got there and it was to, it wasn't about the cars and the clothes on stuff. It was like, Hey, look, I am a, 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 a father. I'm 23 years old. I'm a father. We live in a trailer park. I'm, I'm only made $10 an hour. And now I make $8,000 a month. How does that change the life of this three month old? You know what I'm saying? That's what we're doing it for guys. That's why you put it. That's why you push so hard. That's why I push so hard is like, look, I'm doing this for the three month old. So that three month old will never know poverty. I'm doing this for the young couple who didn't know they were going to make it, but now they have a clear path to, to marriage and family and building a stable life for themselves. You know, that's what these opportunities are for. And that's what social media is about. It's like, Hey, look, because I have so many followers, I can see a need that a person who is not fully engaged on social media uh, can, you know what I mean? Like I can see across the globe just because I have friends across the globe, like, going to see uh, my friends out there in Morocco, my friends out there in Spain, my guys out there in, in, in the Netherlands and here in Brazil and, you know, Canada and, you know, United States, you know, it's, it's just like, yo, there's a need for men to lead. And you got to take the time to say, look, this is where I can help at. And I'm going to go hard as I can. You know, in, in my analogy, I get to people all the time is this. If you were uh, a surgeon and you were walking down the street and everybody on this street had broken legs. When would you stop trying to help everybody? If you're the only person that can help these people that had broken legs, you're like, hey, look, I can fix your leg. You will probably put up a sign. You'll be screaming at the top of your lungs. You'll be running up and down the street, right? That's the same way I view my students. They have a problem. They have an opportunity problem. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to talk about this all day, every single day. I'm going to give them tips all day, every single day until they're fixed. And then I'm going to find some more people that are broken. And I'm going to do it over again. You know, and that's how we create a ripple in time. You know, that's what I'm looking at. How do we create a hundred year ripple? All right. If if a thousand people can change themselves from lower income to middle, strong, middle, middle class with good credit and good finance, I get, you know, become property owners. What happens in 100 years? You have another generation of, of good people, of intelligent people, people who, that, are, that are providing for, uh, that are good citizens in, in the country that you, that you live in, you know, like, and they can provide for other people through that ripple. You know, we're faking, we're faking time, guys. And that's why, that's why I take it so serious what I do. Yeah, it's important, you know, and it's one of those things where I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was on Logan Paul's podcast recently, and he said, you know, why are you still working out? And he's like, that's asking me why I still eat, or why I still brush my teeth, or why I still, you know, do do all these other things that we just normally do. And so for you, it's all, why, why are you still pushing if you're having the success? Well, I don't, I don't understand the question, because there's still right. more people there. Like, you know, that's kind of, it puts me in that category. People ask me, you know, why are you still trying to like, what do you mean? Why am I still trying? You know, I want to make, leave things better. You know, and something I've noticed with your group too, you know, with a lot of courses, they get in, they're like, all right, here's this thing. Maybe they do have a group. Maybe it's like Discord, Slack, something like that they can hang out in. But then they kind of leave them there to just figure it out. What I've noticed with yours is there's a lot of discussion on, all right, so now you're in, now you're hired, now you're moving. How do you expand that? How do you put Mm -hmm. more hooks in the water? And I think it was, you've been talking about uh, different licenses, 
getting certifications mm-hmm. in different spots. Right. So it's not even entry level. You're also helping them advance to to really have a much wider net they can cast right. out there. And so how does it right. go into that with your, it's like a tiered system almost. You've got right. dudes, you're exactly. bringing in a level one and now you've got educated people who can help the new guy because there's, there's no competition there. They're, they're all working together. Exactly. And so I think that goes back. Let's go into some technical things now, guys. So like for anybody who wants to do a community, I teach people, I introduce them at the beginner level. Because I'm so much more advanced than them, I only teach beginner stuff. So my students that are year one are still beginners to me, right? But they're advanced to my new people, my people who just bought the course. And so what I want to do is I'm trying to cultivate a group of leaders, all of them, through time, right? And so what I do is because I know how they learn, I know what their experience is going to be. Their first six months is probably just going to be them getting hired. The next six months is them stumbling through the job. So they don't even know anything yet. You know, so I still have so much further to go with them. And so what I try to do is, what I've learned is, is that like, when I, when I first put it out, I put some advanced stuff out. And I was like, yo, they don't even know this yet. They, they have no frame of reference for this. Let's go back. Let's go back a bit. And let's do role play. Let's just talk to them on the phone. Hey, what problem are you have? You know? What, what's it? All right, I'm seeing you're doing this. Let me just confirm you know what you're talking about. Let's do a role play real quick. Let's go on the phone. Let's do a Zoom call. Let's do a Twitter space. Let me talk to five or six of y'all real quick. And let's see where y'all are really at. And that's how I gauge my group, you know. And then the next thing I do, uh, I'm, I'm always checking for the attitude of the group. I want to make sure everybody's positive. You know, when I start seeing, because the thing about it is, mindset controls part of our, this part of the reason why our income is the where our income is. It's part of the reason why our income is where it's at. And so I know if I'm taking somebody from a $10 hour job, he might not have the belief or she might not have the belief they can do 120K in a year. Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure to nurture that, that positive mindset in the group. Hey, look, I don't like when you post like this. I'm not, I'm not threatening to kick anybody out. I'm just like, hey, look, let's keep, let's keep the conversation light. All right, let's just, because we're all here to help each other. And that's also, I think, something that's really important in groups is like, hey, if you want to create a group, you got to keep doing temperature checks, knowledge-based checks. You got to make sure they're on your program, right? Like, I run my, I run my group like a dictatorship at times. No, you can't put other people's courses in here. Specifically about insurance adjusting. Not that I'm competing with them, but I can only teach off of what I teach. Mm-hmm. I can't teach off what they teach and me as well you know and so because i don't want any confusion there i want everybody to grow in the same style you know um and so i think that as a a person that's making a group or wants to make a group you got and you got to be available you got to stay available all the time i try to talk to all people if somebody hits me up in my group i'm hitting them back asap i don't care about time zone differences you know when i was in amsterdam i was i was hosting twitter spaces at 3 a.m It'll go for an hour and a half, two hours, because that's what they pay for. Yep. These people need help. All right. They don't know how they're going to pay their bills in three months or six months. They don't know how they're going to get out of debt. If me just losing some sleep is all that matters, let's do it. But uh, like I said, you got to do temperature checks on knowledge. You got to do temperature checks on attitude. And you also have to help the leaders of your group. All right. If you got more than five or 10 people in your group, there's going to be more than one person that can help. Right. And so, what I did in the beginning, 
I pulled a lot of the ones to the side that the at first five and 10, 15 people, I pulled them to the side and I did a lot more with them to give them the tools they needed. Cause I know they were, they, they really enjoyed the group. Let me give you what you need to add, answer questions when they're asked of you. Cause they look at, they look at you like as a proxy of me. So let me, or a proxy of this idea of what they, you know, of success, right? Let me give you what you need, you know? And so they didn't have to pay for all that. That was me just sewing into them more and the group was better because of that. So yeah. next thing I would say is guys, you gotta be able to identify good leadership within these, within your communities. You know, I'd say in that too, when there is a lot of personalities coming in, you know, everybody's there for their reasons, you know, and mm. high, low, left, right. If they're coming from a great paying job or low paying job, it's mm. irrelevant to the fact that somebody's coming in here and paying you for something. And so mm -hmm. have you had any issues with keeping up with the demand? Because you're, you're, yeah. it's only continuing to grow. And I would assume, you know, it's been my experience at some point, you know, you do delegate the authority, but at some point you also have to put controls into place to say, Hey, I'm here for you, but I can't be like that all the time. Yeah. And so, so how have you, so how have you managed that aspect of it? That's a recurring thing for me. Um, Cause like, we'll go like 100, 200 students. No, like more like 200 students a month. Then we have like a 600 student month and we have to reel people back in. <laughs> uh, so I have three, I have my sister. All right. And I have two assistants between those three people. They're my checks and balances, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I would say after you get over 20 people, you need to have some help. You want to put buffers in place. And so part of it is, like I said, building out leadership, helping other people so they can answer most of the questions. The other thing is, is like, you got to like put your foot down about some stuff. No, you don't get to DM me. You know, you don't get to D if you've paid me, do not DM me on Twitter. That's what I tell them. You're going to email me at my corporate email on the, on the, on the group email, you know, you're going to, and do not DM me inside the group. It's too many of y'all. It's almost 2000 of y'all. I can't answer DMs inside of there either. If you have a question, email me here and I'll have the answer for you there. But before you do that, search the group because usually the answer is already there. So I, what I try to do, man. I'm always trying to give people the tools they need to not talk to me. I want you to have independence, yeah. right? And so what, what I found is the more tools I gave people, the less frustrated I was, the, la the, the, the less probability that I would be like frustrated with them and lash out at somebody on a, you know, on a regular question, because that would happen at times because uh, I was so tired, you know? Um, and so I just put a lot of buffers in place. You're going to email me. You're going to do it like this. You're going to search the group first. Have you checked it? Did you read the, did you look at the course correctly? Did you take notes? Like, I'm going to ask all those things before they ask me questions. And usually they didn't do one of those things and they'll go away. And they'll be like, dang, Steve, you were right. Like, okay, cool. But if not, and they have something, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and talk to them about it. You know, and I think that's a wicked important component of leadership at large. You know, a lot of people have a hard time letting go. They, they feel like they've got to meet every person where they're at. And I went through that, that aspect, I had to go overcome that obstacle, because I'm like, I've got to respond to everybody. And dude, at some point, when you when you're doing well, the number just gets to the point where you can't, you know, if I'm right. talking about being a good dad, and you know, leading these men in FOE, and they were all messaging me, and I spent all my time in DMs, everything I was doing in my real life is going to fall to shit. 
because I'm Correct. just going to be sitting on the screen typing away. And so Correct. those leaders, while they're trying to do the right thing, they're actually diminishing the quality of their leadership because they're so stretched right. so thin. You know, they, they right. push themselves too far and then they break. And, you know, it seems that what you're building is sustainable because of these checks and balances and buffers. But I am wondering, as you've gone through, you know, you've been doing this for a while now, yeah. has specifically COVID, has that had you to go back to your course and edit some things because they've changed? Or how are you keeping up with updates and laws and the ways things are working? All right. So in our industry, we went to remote like a week after the national emergency was declared. Mm -hmm. From there, mandates came out slowly, right? Um, and then on top of that, the insurance industry, the insurance industry fought back against OSHA, against uh, mandates. And so for me, and then after that, obviously mandates dropped or whatever. Um, and so for me, that was something that we were kind of playing by ear. I never had to change my course in regards yeah. to that. And I didn't have to, thankfully, because it does just our industry. Other industries, obviously, but uh, obviously we're different. But for us, uh, on the insurance side, it was it was business as usual mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. Because you know the thing about insurance is people are still getting car wrecks, people are still having flooded toilets, hurricanes are still happening, hell, fire, wildfires, all those things are still happening. So we couldn't stop. You know, and you can't, you don't have the ability to fire a thousand people for not getting vaccinated in the insurance industry. If you don't do that, it's like almost like societal collapse. You know what I'm saying? Like these houses aren't going to get paid for, like these cars are, gonna get, are not going to get, you know, towed. Rental cars are going to get rented out. It's just a lot of things involved and you don't have people who can back up the insurance industry if someone were to get, a bunch of people to get fired around vaccines, you know. It's a wild element to your profession and industry and all of your students, you know, and I think you've said it this way. It's, it's not funny, but it's kind of funny. You know, yeah. you can't control natural disasters. No. So when something bad happens, like that's very unfortunate with the flooding, the hurricanes, all of that. Yeah. But I always see your students crush it when those things happen, oh. because that is your season. It's what you do. And oh. so it's, it's a weird thing because you're like, man, it, it, it sucks that they got flooded. But yo, yeah. now is the time that we make our money. And so it's yeah. just a funny little dichotomy you got going there. Bro, the Texas hailstorm probably got like 50 of my students hired. Um, the, the New York floods probably got 50 of my students hired. Um, what else? Recently, hurricane season last year was, was, was crazy. California wildfires, all these car accidents. When, when COVID, when, when everything opened back up again, the car accidents went crazy. And I have, I probably have a hundred students that got hired just to handle car accidents, you know? And like, I'm smiling, but it's just like, yo, you cannot control chaos. Yeah. It's, okay? you can't feel bad because that hailstorm no. hit. And while it sucks, the property was damaged. Hey, I'm here to help you. So even your students I'm are helping. I'm here to help you. Exactly. I'm here to help you. Like after the ambulances leave, after the police and national guard and the firefighters leave, it's us and the roofers and the, and the, and the guys cutting trees down. It's that's who it is. Yep. You know, so like you got first responders, we're second responders, you know? Um, and that goes, that goes for almost everything, you know, uh, as far as what the insurance adjusting field is, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's been a ride, bro. Like, I was there for Hurricane Harvey. I was there for Hurricane Michael. I was there for all the major weather events in the last 
since 2017, I've been there for every major weather event, either on the ground or helping somebody. Yeah. As far as my students. You know, and for somebody looking for something that they can do that's going to be around, you know, they're talking a lot about AI and there's a lot of things are going to be replaced. Yeah. Nobody's replacing people that are going out to the spot where the shit hit the fan. Oh, yeah, nobody's replacing no. that. So you have job security is is a thing, I guess, in your industry. Yeah, man. It's like saying like, oh, yeah, bro, AI is going to replace police <laughs> or like the ambulance or something like that. No, it's not, man. Like we still live in a physical world. All right. We live in a physical world. And I think that, you know, like my mindset, man, like I'm a competitor at the end of the day. Right. And it's like it's like this. You have all these intelligent people that go into things like accounting or like fintech or you know, these things are just like super high IQ, super competitive. Uh, and they all get burnt out, right? They get burnt out and it's like, yo, like I'm only doing whatever amount of money. And it's like, what I've found over the years, is like go do the thing that's not sexy. Go do the thing that when people, when you talk about it, I, people's eyes glaze over. That means nobody wants to do it, right? Because nobody says I want to be an insurance adjuster when I grow up but I don't know any core insurance adjusters. You know what I'm saying? And all the ones I know, uh, if they've been working for a few years and know how to take care of their money, they got homes, they got cars, the children taking care of, they go on trips, they do the, they do the whole nine, you know? And it's like, why go to law school and get into all this debt or go back to school and get a master's degree when you could just put your effort into something that's not so sexy? And I'm not just talking about insurance adjusting. It's all it's, you got anything having to do with waste, anything having to do with the criminal justice industry and, and, and the things around the criminal justice industry, anything around insurance, contracting, those types of things, uh, they're not sexy. And it's a way to make a killing, right? Mm-hmm. Why go in, why everybody else is going, well, all the smart people are going, why go there and compete for pennies when you can go over here and just kill it day in, day out? You know, if you got some, if you got, if you got a strong mind, and you can stay disciplined and have some work ethic, you're going to kill it forever, as long as you want. You know, you're talking about work ethic. It made me think of the Kanye West documentary. Have you seen that yet? Hell yeah. Dude, his work ethic, when he was just putting in the reps, living living at the studio, running and meeting people, making the meetings happen, jumping into meetings to say, hey, I want to get on the track. Like, he was hustling on a level that I was just like, damn, like, that's, I relate to that. I see that. I like yeah. that. That's the type of work that I understand is needed to be successful. Right. And so with that, you're talking about knocking out your course in 10 hours. You yeah. talk about, you know, holding yourself up, only leaving to eat in Amsterdam. You know, when you realize yeah, yeah. you had to learn marketing, are you finding a way to balance? And again, this goes back to sustainability because the people I have on here, you know, a lot of them, they're looking to grind, but a lot of them are family men as well. And they're like, I've got to right. find a balance there. How are you balancing that? How are you finding a balance of work life and, and just Stephen life? Right. Yeah, man. So like one thing I learned from insurance adjusting is I have a very high level of discipline for like eight months a year. I don't have it for 12 months a year. I can go super hard every single day, but then I got to stop. And so what I found is that even as a, cause now I'm, a, I'm in the education space and I, I'm teaching insurance. I don't, I haven't worked as an insurance adjuster in a year. Cause it's just, I can't do that and do this. Yeah. at this at, at a high level right and so what i found is man like um in december i stopped i just stopped for a month bro i already had my systems in place and i already had everything delegated 
for months, you know. So like, I didn't start working again until this month, bro. No, until like maybe mid February. I didn't start back working, so I stopped for a bit. And that's where the beach time is. Go going to the range, you know, going back into martial arts and things like that. Um, that's where my sustainability is. But like, as I go back, I'm not going back in the same way. Like I'm locking myself in my apartment. I'm not doing that anymore. Now it's like this. I have my, my two assistants. I'm talking to my sister. We look at what's going on. I'm doing more content stuff now because I probably won't make a course. I won't make another course for at least another three months. So I don't have to do course creation right now. Now I'm just doing tips and things like that to, to bolster the group's knowledge, right? Their knowledge mm -hmm. base. Um, but what I, like, uh, what I like to do is I like to have a period where I'm working really hard and I pull back for a bit of time. Um, uh, I think it was one of the Carnegies. I think I've been Dale Carnegie. Is, was Dale Carnegie Scottish, Scottish? It sounds like a, a Scottish name. <laughs> okay, so Dale Carnegie, what he was doing, man, this guy's like the richest man in the world at one point. He would go to Scotland and just hang out for three months. Every year, he would like work his ass off and then just stop and go play golf and just like hang out and chill and sleep and stuff. And he would come back refreshed. And I think that, you know, especially like living here in Brazil as opposed to living in the States, how in the world are you going to live a sustainable life off two weeks of free time? It's just not happening. You know, you're going to be, you're going to be undersexed. You're going to be under, like, you're not going to be enjoying your life in the way you think you should, especially as men, as we, as we age, you know, like I know, bro, like as we get into our thirties, our bodies are changing. Our libidos change, our testosterone levels change. Everything is changing. How am I going to do that and be extremely stressed with two weeks off? I don't get any sun. I'm not eating any fresh fruit, any fresh meat. I barely get outside. I don't have children yet, but you have children. So it's like, imagine two weeks of free time. All your kids' birthdays aren't in the same two weeks. You're going to miss a birthday party. You're going to miss a, a hockey match. You're going to miss, you know, a, you know, some anniversary things or a level of romance with your wife. Yo, like, so for me, it was like, I'm making a conscious decision about how my life is going to be. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be taking breaks. And so, like, that's how my year is set up. My year is set up in a way where I'm taking off three to four months every year, no matter what, if I'm in business or if I'm in the independent insurance justice space, I set myself up in that way, but I also set my days up in that way. You know, I get started and I work real hard and I stop. I stop for the midday around 11 a.m., bro. I'm done until four or five. Because I want, I want to have time to do, to go to the range. I want to have time to go, learn capoeira or go go you know go dance or go to the beach or go to a restaurant or something like that i set my day up in that way i come back at night you know i wrap up for the night i, I might do a couple things i might have a, a twitter space or instagram live or i have a zoom call with students uh but i set my days up and i set my weeks and my months like that i'm setting up dedicated time to stop you know and uh i had this italian guy um, named Fabricio, he used to live next to me here in Brazil. And he was like, yo, you got to schedule time to think. Because I was, this is during that time, I'm like going super hard. And he was like, yo, stop. You're doing too much. You're not thinking, you're just doing. And I think that's the challenge I would tell these guys. And it's not just if you choose to be insurance stressed or not. It's like, yo, look, whatever it is, what are we doing this for? Right? At the end of the day, all right, money is a dollar amount. It's just a number on your bank account. 
All right. But after that, you know, are you happy? You know, and, and happy, I don't mean happy, like, you know, jumping up and skipping and stuff like that, but like, or let's use a different word. Do you feel fulfilled day to day? You know, do you feel, do you fulfill, do you feel fulfilled? And you just ask that question about every sector of your life. And it doesn't always have to be a yes for everything, but it's like, you need to be saying yes to more than 50%. If you're going to be going as hard, if you're going to be working as hard, you know, that's my you know, thought that, process. No, no, I'm, I'm glad you shared that, man. I, I don't think a lot of people understand how intentional you live. They see what you're doing and they, they see like, mm-hmm. all right, this dude just grinds and parties. And there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of intentionality to this that I'm glad you broke it down the way you did for people to see there's a method to the madness to include the relaxation yeah. that's even scheduled and intentional and therefore a reason. And I think that's yeah, one bro. of the greatest takeaway for guys listening. You know, you have to be intentional. Yeah. Like success is not, you know, uh, I can't think of the fucking term. It's not spontaneous. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not spontaneous, bro. It's, <laughs> bro, you got to plan it out, man. <laughs> you have to plan it out like everything about it man like i think that yeah y'all like i am like for real super intense in real life you know i'm i may not come off that way on twitter or any other social media my videos like i'm i'm actually quite intense around what i do on a day to day like as far as work is concerned like that's why I'm like you would party too if you did what i was doing you know because you couldn't like I was, uh, Zach, I was talking about some things on, on Twitter, right? Right before we got on the podcast, but like, I was just like, yo, like, I just, it almost frustrates me how unfulfilled people are. So I'll give you an example, bro. And this is where I feel like people aren't working hard enough. So I'm, I'm not going to go into everything, but like, so I'm, I'm at, uh, I'm getting drinks two nights ago and I hear some guys speaking English. There's some guys from the Caribbean, but they live in America. And so I sit down and they're like yelling about this Russia-Ukraine war thing. And I kind of comment to my date. And I was like, these guys are sitting on a marina in Brazil on a beautiful night in March. And they're yelling at a nice restaurant about a war in a country they've never been to. And they're not talking about, they're not appreciating the beauty of where they are right now. And, And why is that? Because they're not doing something that pushes them hard enough to not have to watch the news. I know these men that are living is so on well life. fucking said, man. That is so well said. <laughs> you know? Because, bro, when I was at the marina, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about the little fish down by the rocks. That's what, I was, I, that's what I was looking at. I had no need to be engaged with the news, bro. I was having a drink, talking to my date, and I'm just looking at the boats, man, and the fish. I don't have to be fulfilled by what this these boxes in my my house tell me to be fulfilled by you know you're not present in the time you're supposed to be having fun these guys on vacation i asked them i said hey guys how long y'all here for oh we're here until sunday you just wasted wednesday night talking about cnn in a different country what are we doing here guys bro it's madness when you break it down it's and i you know i had never connected those dots but again, when, when at work, people, people will hear me just the way I'm speaking to you right now. They'll think yeah. that's a very intense way to like, whatever, bro, I'm the chillest motherfucker when these things go off because I, I have to be, because when you're at work yeah. and you're going level 10, you have to coast down or else you're going to have a stroke. And dude, I don't want to be the dude who's 35 and having a heart attack, man. <laughs> like oh. I got to chill, but it's work hard, play hard. And so bro, that's, but, you know, that's good, man. 
that's the thing though, man. Like I, I remember when I got to New York, I was in New York city. I was living in Brooklyn for six months last year. And, you know, it was, it was almost alien to me. You know, I'm from the South, I'm from Alabama. So like, I'm seeing these people rushing, bro. Like everybody's rushing all the time, you know, pushing out the way to go to the subway. And they're like, all right, I, I gotta go. I gotta, and I'm just like, yo, why are you even doing this? What's the point? You're rushing to, uh, you know, some small apartment and you're like, well, in three years, I'll be able to move to the other side of town to a bigger place. And, you know, let me buy this same race. <laughs> right. And it's like, you're in this, you're in this, like this cycle, right. Of denial. You're denying yourself of fulfillment. Right. When I get this number in my bank account, then I'll be fulfilled. When I get these, this box with this much space in it for me to put my other boxes in, then I'll be fulfilled. And it's like, yo, like, bro, what are you doing? Have you just stop, stop for a second. Who am I? Who do I want to be? Do I like who I am right now? Do I like who I am becoming? All right. And that's the, those are those questions that got to be asked in regards to how you feel fulfilled, man. Like I'm not going to, I'm 33 years old and I'm talking to a, 75 year old this guy's been coming to brazil 40 years and uh this was last week and he said steven you know i've been coming to brazil for a few months at a time for the last 40 years blah blah blah. my job never had a pension he's 75 and he's still he's still working he still has to work and i'm just like yo you didn't answer a question or you you didn't have the courage to ask a question do i like what i'm becoming Okay, and I'm talking about in totality. I'm not talking about just money, guys. But there's a part of him, it's a part of life that he skipped on, a part of accountability that he skipped on. This guy's 75 years old, and he's looking at me as a 30. I'm 33. I'm young enough to be his grandchild, and I don't have to work tomorrow. You know, I don't have to work the next day if I don't want to. He has to go back. You know, he left yesterday. He has to go back to keep working. He did not hold himself accountable. He did not have proper discipline. He had a, a glimpse of what he wanted, but he never got what he really wanted because he didn't ask the right questions. And so my challenge to you guys, y'all, as y'all are listening to us today, is like start asking questions and not, and not and, and wait for the answer. And you need to be okay if the answer ain't what you think it is. You know, because and then from there, let's go to what's next. Because like, what happens? Again, I'm not a father yet. But what happens when you have unfulfilled fathers, you have an unfulfilled family, right? You have these children walking around talking about, well, my dad never loved me and never hugged me and all, you know, all this stuff because his dad, these men are walking around stuck in their heads, you know, doing these unfulfilling cycles mm -hmm. like we talked about. You know, that's one of the things that I, I hope everybody's taking from this. When you listen to a podcast I put out, I am not putting this out to waste my time or entertain my time. I'm putting it out to educate and connect. So I'm connecting with Steven, getting to catch up and all that. But I'm having this mm -hmm. specific discussion, again, intentionally. Because I wanted mm -hmm. this conversation to come out. If I wanted to just be like, hey, what's going on, man? I would have just hit him up, up privately. This wouldn't yeah. have been recorded. It would have been public. Like, we would have just like, yeah. caught up, you know, our own way. So I'm doing it this way for a reason. So if you're liking what he's putting out, if you're hearing it, like, you know, I'm connected with what this man's saying, then apply that knowledge, apply that advice. Don't just listen yeah. to the podcast, apply it. And so Steven, for somebody that would want to work with you, be it through social or not social, through uh, insurance adjusting, mm -hmm. or if they wanted to just connect with you for that mindset, what's the best way to go about that? And I've got a link to your Twitter below, and I've got a link yeah. uh, to the roadmap to becoming an independent adjuster. 
Okay. Yeah. So my Twitter is a great place to start, guys. I got a ton of stuff on there. Um, I'm usually talking on a Twitter space. Uh, if y'all not familiar with Twitter, it's just basically like a, a big conference call. I do that. I do that usually once a week. From there, with my students, I have calls uh, inside the group. The, the group is insane, man. Like, it's so much knowledge in there that these, these students are learning all the time that they share with each other and they help each other get hired. Um, but, guys, the first thing to start with is Stephen Story. Twitter at Stephen Story. Stephen Story, S-T-P-H-E-N-S-T-O-R-E-Y. From there, you're going to see my link a million times. I'll talk about my opinions. I'll talk about my life, you know, and – Sometimes I, I talk about, you know, I have jokes and things like that, but that's where to start at, guys. From there, I have a ton of testimonials. I can post a testimony every single day. No bullshit. I can, toast, I can post a testimony every day of the year, and I won't have to repeat it. That's how many people have succeeded doing this, following the steps that it takes, okay? If you are a single father, if you have multiple children, if you, you know, you need to work from home, if you need to work outside, you know, you got you, you to, gotta, you know, you, you got a license to be outside. This business can be for you, okay? It's a lot of different avenues. If you need to work at home for the next six months because you got a newborn and you want to go outside and get on loose later on this year, you can do that too, you know? It's a lot of different ways we can do this. You can make this industry be what you need to be for you. If you have, if you like, hey, I'm a guy who wants to be a leader. I want to be in management. I want to go up the ladder. You can do that as well, okay? Like, you want to be an in and out type thing? Hey, I need $50,000 to start up my real estate company. Hey, come over here, make the money, get out. You never had to do it again. Okay. This can this can fund whatever you want to fund for you, right? If you need to get out of debt, like whatever you want to make this business, you can make it for yourself. And uh, I think that's what the beauty of the independent interest justin is. Follow me on Twitter. If you're ready now, click the link uh, in my bio and you'll see uh, becoming an independent interest adjuster. If you need more. I got a YouTube video. I got a YouTube channel. I got like 60 videos on insurance. Okay. And it's just straight up insurance adjusting. There's no fluff. I don't like to teach you fluff guys and just tell you bullshit. We're going to get you from point A to point B real fast. And, um, you know, and it's, I got a lot of free stuff on there. So like, and if you want to buy the course, it's $97. Okay. If you ain't got $97, you got bigger problems. All right. So, uh, that's, that's my spill on that guys. I appreciate you coming on, brother. You know, it's good to catch up with you, but it's it's really important to me that we get this out there because you're offering an opportunity. I call it throwing ropes. Mm-hmm. You know, dude, just stuck in holes. Yeah. You're throwing a rope. You can't pull them Erica. out, but they can climb out. You can hold the other end. And so oh, yeah. for anybody listening, that's what that's what this is. This is your opportunity. Somebody threw you a rope. And, and like you said, this doesn't have to be a lifelong commitment. This could be something that gets you out of debt, something that helps you set up the next business, something that mm-hmm. just gets you away from that job while you're floating to the next job and it just pumps the account. You know, whatever you use it for, use it to position yourself in life. And Stephen, you broke that down quite well. So thanks for coming on again. I appreciate, I appreciate it. And I appreciate all y'all listening. I hope y'all got something from it. And uh, if you got questions, shoot me a message, man. I'm always, I always hit you back. All right. Thanks for coming on. If everybody tuned in, make sure you hit him up. That's not a blanket offer. He will respond. So, <laughs> hey, take advantage of it. Y'all stay well. Thanks for tuning in. This has been another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. You've just finished another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. Now go out and apply what you've learned and be sure to follow Zach on Twitter and Instagram at Zach Small underscore. Also, be sure to check out Zach's work at thefamilyalpha.com and his private men's community, thefraternityofexcellence.com.